This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 833, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Tell them, tell them, tell them you're... I've been going through something. 1,855 days. I've been going through something. Be afraid. What is a bitch in a miniskirt? A man in his feelings with bitter nerve. What is a woman that really hurt? A demon you're better off killing her. What is a relative making repetitive narratives on how you did it first? That is a predator in reverse. All of your presidency with thirst. What is a neighborhood reputable? That is a snitch on a pedestal. Hello, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 833. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh A. Flanagan. Josh Josh A. Flanagan doesn't sound good, but Joshua, no it doesn't. You're right, I don't like it with the with the initial. It says Joshua like Adam it. Flanagan. That's the only way it works. Joshua, yeah. Joshua Adam Flanagan? That's how we'll refer to you from now on? Sure, go ahead. It'll just feel like you're my mom and you're mad at me all the time. Well, that's true. Is that like, is that a real thing? Like, you, did you ever get, did you ever get called by your full name when your mom was mad? Because I definitely did. I don't think so. I certainly got in trouble a lot, but I don't think I ever got, got, the, huh. got the three name call. I don't picture you getting in trouble a lot. I did. Yeah, I did. You know, testing boundaries when you're kids. That yeah. was me. Not me. I was very well behaved. No, I was not. Uh, we are a fanboy. I mean, not badly, but just, you know. We are a fanboy. Every, we, we, every week, <laughs> we read comics they put out. We have no control over those comics. We don't put the comics out. We just read them. So we have no choice. They hand us the comics. We read them. That's how we pick the best of the week. We call it the pick of the week. We'll talk about those books. We'll talk about the patron pick and maybe some listener mail. And here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. Do the math. This week, Josh, you had the pick. Joshua a- Adam Flanagan had the pick. Good job. Listen, um, it's it's been a long week. The pick of the week, year life. Uh, <laughs> the pick of the week is Amazing Spider-Man number 897. Or, if Marvel would like you to believe, three. Um, it's, it's weird that they, that they re- rebooted it so close to... 900, isn't it? Well, I'm, sh- I'm, you know what? Let's look though. Two issues, three. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do. They're, they want, they are having cake and they're eating it all day yep. long. It's yep. just big cake fest over there. So it was a light week. <laughs> I didn't think it was a bad week. I really no, enjoyed some of the comics I read quite a lot, but I did know that like there wasn't an oh yeah moment where I was like, that's the thing. I had to really think about what I would assign the pick of the week to. Um, and it really could have been a lot of things that we were talking about this week, but because there were, I thought, a lot of strong 
enjoyable issues, but but nothing that really we hadn't talked about before or, or been through. Um, but what I ended up coming back to was Amazing Spider-Man um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one is that I, I, I really enjoyed the issue, and, and coming into it, I couldn't remember if I was liking this iteration or not. Like, mm-hmm. I've taken a little while to sort of figure out, like, wait, so since since the Ben Riley stuff, do I want to keep reading this? And I remember that the first issue was sort of like we'd done some sort of time jump, and it wasn't yes. very clear how far or how much things have changed or why, and that's the mystery, and that's all on purpose. It's not that they'd screwed up, but I wasn't sure if I was enjoying it. And with this issue, um, basically Tombstone has decided, fuck all this. He's going to go back to being a real bad dude. And, you know, he kind of told his origin story and his justification in this whole speech about, you know, what is good and what is bad and who are, you know, and it was it was good. It was it was really well written and compelling. It wasn't particularly amazingly original, but it was very tense. And you had this stuff where, like, he's beating up Peter Parker and, and you know, Peter's still cracking wise. And because you've been through this a million times, you know he's going to be fine. He's going to fight his way out of it. But really, as it went on, actual tension built. That's Now it's, it's um, you know, we, we know it's a monthly comic book and things are going to go back to where. But uh, as a simulacrum of actual dramatic tension, I thought it was done really well. Um, and somewhere in the middle of that also was the idea that, um, I, I was I was looking at John Romita's work and I just thought this is great. Yeah, it's like, really good. This is high quality John Romita, and I think I think it has a lot to do with the kind of script he gets and what he gets to put in it, but also who's inking him. I think that matters a lot. This is Scott Hanna. Scott Hanna is a longtime John Romita Jr. inker, but I really was as I looked at this issue, I was like, oh, he's not missing a step here. Like no. it. It really had all that drama. It was it was clean where it needed to be. It uh, you know was energetic where it needed to be, and it just I thought, oh, that's this is ex- when I think of John Romita Jr. This is exactly what I think of, and that made me really happy. I just like yeah. the comic book looked exactly like a Spider Man comic from you know twenty twenty five years ago, where I thought that that was like the best looking thing, and it still is, and not and not in a way that like like a lot of times we will come on the show and we will talk about how a comic book feels like it was an older comic book, and mm. that's why we liked it, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying that the craft and the skill and everything was like it's right on par with where it needs to be, and and you know I I get excited when I see John Romita on a book, but it doesn't always come through for whatever reason. Um, this time I thought, you know, the, the bloody sort of uh, Spider-Man and, and the, the, I don't know, like they're big images in the panels. It's just, it's just exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, it looks good. That scene yeah. where he's beating up Peter was uh, <clears throat> bloody intense, but it didn't make me squirm nearly as much as the idea of the child tombstone chiseling his teeth or saw um not sawing what was uh it's a chisel yeah filing his teeth into points i that that is making my skin crawl even now just thinking about it like i i had a very visceral reaction to this book oh 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 god just i can feel yeah and then hear the sound and the rubbing and it's just terrible it's all terrible um in, in a good way i like the fact that mary jane has moved on from Peter Parker to be dating the lead singer of Color Me Bad. I think that is a good choice for her. It's an upgrade. Um, so I believe that yeah, guy I mean, works this, at a tire store. 
this was this was great. Um, I think you're 100 percent right about the art. I, I you know, you, for Ramita, Ramita needs to have the right script. You know, we we talked yes. a long time ago when he was doing Avengers with Bendis, and you disliked it more than I did. But you know, Bendis is a talky talky writer. There's there's a lot of talking in here, but. It's it was it's written in such a way in which the, it's, it allows for big impactful panels, and that's really where Ramita sings is with these big panels. And, uh, and I, I think really he, good work. I think he does better with single characters mm-hmm. than teams. And I remember in that Avengers run, there would be like group shots, and like he just didn't know what to do with all the people. <laughs> but when you've got this sort of <laughs> intent, yeah. because they were like, I was like, do they have risers in there? I remember like a, around, a page yeah. where I was like. Yeah, and and you know, with this, you know, it's a couple of people, uh, you know, having drama. You know, there's a group of people standing behind Tombstone, but it's never overcrowded too much. It's he gets to sort of, you know, stage direct, and it's not about seeing how you can fit all this stuff in. Um, I like that after an admittedly sort of strange sequence and an issue where Tombstone and um, Robbie is it Robbie Robertson? Yep. Is that yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I just was like, that is also the guy from the band. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That <laughs> um, uh, that he's like, no, I'm going to kill him for messing with my daughter. And I was like, that's more what it's supposed to be like. But again, it's it's threat. It's menace. Threats and menaces. Um, it it really had that like time is ticking. It, it, you know, like you said in the beginning, like we know Peter's going to live through this. He's going to be fine. But even even so, you have to be able to like lose yourself in the moment. And in the moment. It, it felt very um, desperate for Peter. You know, like he's screaming, I've learned my lesson, I've learned my lesson. I mean, the, really what sealed for me was that sort of last page. Super tense, and I was like, oh! So th- that's why it's a pick of the week. Yeah, and it, 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 it was visceral, you know? Yeah. You, that's the thing. In order to survive this in this game, in the comics reading and reviewing <laughs> game, you have to be able to put aside what you know to be true, which is nothing will change, and really just live in the moment of the story. And in the moment of the story, you're like, oh shit, Peter's in big trouble. But that, that is know? up to the creators. Like they, if they can create that yeah. feeling, then that means that they've succeeded, you know? Um, and right. I think that's where, that's where my credit to them goes right now is that, you know, they got me. They, they fooled me. They made me forget about the man behind the curtain. I was in it. And, uh, you know, that's not a small thing to do with just an amazing Spider-Man fight between Tombstone and Spider-Man. Like that should be like, I've seen this a million times, but it was done really well. So they got me. Besides, in the back, in the back of Peter's mind, you know he's got all that medical debt, and he's going to get more because he's getting his ass kicked. Like <laughs> it's just a no-win spiral for him. And his, he just his knows. Rich... <laughs> he knows all these very rich people. Who knows? Well, like his like, rich like, ex-girlfriend like Tony Stark... is now dating Color Me Bad. She can't pay his bills. <laughs> so, no, I'm so not putting far. the music in this show. I, see, if I was editing, I would. I know but you would. You that's your it's your decision. It's your decision. Yeah. Everyone will be disappointed, but that's fine. Disappoint the people. Thor seven fifty two. This is part four of Banner of War, the uh, Thor Hulk Donny Cates crossover, and uh, this is so weird. So and I don't know I how mean, I feel about it. My comment on it would be this: last time we talked about it, I was like, I'm really confused. I'm not sure what it is. This time, I was like, all right, fuck it, yeah. I mean, really, it was a big Hulk Thor fight, and Iron Man's there for some reason, and there's various mechanics and physics at work that I don't fully understand, but I think 
that it was really fun because it just kept getting worse. And then, you know, you're like, we've got him. And then he, then Thor Hulk would get really mad and blow things up. And he was talking in dumb Hulk voice. And, and I just thought, I'm just, I don't need to understand why. I'm just going to go with this. And I think, which is, by the way, this is, this is Donny Kate's strength. He can do the part where he right. explains what's going on or whatever. But there is an element to him where it's just like, what if we just have these big dudes have a big fight? And then something happens at the end and everybody's freaked out. And... You know, I took it. I, you know, the, like the the idea was, there's a lot, but basically, it looks like Banner convinced Odin, who is the Hammer, to make actual Hulk worthy to stop Hulk Thor from destroying the world. All right, go for it. Yeah. So, if you haven't been reading this, in the last issue, there was a gamma bomb explosion, and now. Thor is also a Hulk, so they're both big, green, angry, dumb bruisers. And he's wearing he's wearing the costume. He's got the long blonde hair, but he's a, he's also he's Thor Hulk. But Doc Samson's and, hair uh, turned green. This must yeah. be an Asgard. You never really know how Gamma's going to. That's affect true. You. It really depends on the needs of the story. Yeah, so it's just a lot of big dudes punching each other, and then at the end. Thor picks up the hammer and smashes it down and becomes Hulk Thor. So there's Thor Hulk and Hulk Thor. And, Hulk uh, picks up the hammer. Um, right. Hulk picks it up and becomes Hulk Thor. Right. Thor Hulk and Hulk Thor. Okay. I'm with you. So, and then the, the Bifrost gets destroyed again. Because I feel like every <laughs> That's true. 10 issues it gets destroyed. I was like, that did happen already. I'm positive. <laughs> so, um, it's just weird. I don't hate it, but I'm just like, okay, we're just gonna do this, and that's fine. As, as soon as as um, soon as I let it go, and I just appreciated, yeah. you know, that first page, angry Hulk Thor, you know, huge fist <laughs> in the foreground in the top right corner, huge knee in the foreground of the bottom left corner, you know, crackling with energy. Uh, all right. You know, because they didn't try to explain it to me. There wasn't much about, oh, right. I gotta get to the engine room of the Hulk. Which doesn't make sense at all. No, I and I really don't like that concept. No. That's been my biggest no, problem. No, but, but that wasn't really in here. It was just like Banner no. and Odin being like, "This is kind of fucked up." And 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 Iron Man was there. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, and and it, like yeah, just to have it moved really fast. I mean, this wasn't pick of the week, but fine. You've delivered on the visuals at the very least of the thing that I want out of this. And the issue ends with. Hulk Thor swinging Mjolnir and Thor Hulk swinging his fist and they collide and then the planet explodes from the from the shockwave. So fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's, what, that's right. Um, <laughs> how much do you think, and this issue is drawn by Martin Cocolo, which was good job of big, big action battle scenes. Uh, how much do you think the artists hate drawing this new Mjolnir with the random cracks in it? Because uh, it's just it's going to be different no matter how you draw. Oh, it. I see. For in terms of consistency, now I want to look yeah, and see just, if there's consistency. I bet there's like some sort of like, paint program they have that lets you do. I'm that. sure there's a, a style guide for it, but like, man, that sucks. There is. It's the same. That sucks. If you look on page, actually, it's different. Look at page. Look at page seventeen versus at. page nineteen. In seventeen, the little little button oh. at the top has cracks in it and on 19 it doesn't i was looking at the i was looking at the lines on the hammer yeah you're right 
maybe it's constantly there we go it's comic book logic it's constantly reforming itself uh as it heals itself it's pin particles and the energy pulls itself back together and it cracks again it's moving it's like the earth's crust because it is so full of energy pin particles that too unstable pims that's what, when all this ends we're going to find that marvel was all pin particles all along 616 the pin particles were inside of us 616 is the atomic the number time. of pin particles <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was—it's just dumb fun. But then, like, I saw the next issue. Next issue, because this this concludes the next issue of Hulk. And the next issue of Thor is is Thor and Venom. And so it's like, okay, well, it's just—are we just going to do all of Dinah Cates' characters? That's what they all do. That's all we're going to do. That's what they all do. Like, that's what Remender <sighs> did all the time. That's what Bendis did. He was like, "Here's Spider Woman and everything. Deal with it." By the way, I really like that mm-hmm. drawing of Thor. Uh, with the big thick ankles and legs uh, on the cover of the next. Nick Klein. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. That's a really nice uh, drafting. Yeah, so I expect nothing of the so, issue that comes after it. I I, I didn't really <laughs> think of the one that came f- before it, but I was like, well, I'm reading Thor. And I was like, uh, all right, I can I can take this. This is a burger. We're going to eat it. You know, we're probably going to be hungry later. Fine. Speaking of Color Me Bad, we're now in a new arc for That Texas Blood, which takes place in 1992. This is called The Snow Falls Endlessly in Wonderland. The Pat, Patty Doyle and the Blizz, Bad Blizzard of 92. Um, I, I really like this book. We know we talked, we talked about it a lot and we keep saying we really like it, but this was a strong kickoff. It had a, they even talk about it in the, in the back essay, but the slasher mm-hmm. opening where Patty Doyle is this young girl who's returned from hometown girl who went to california got her law license at ucla came home to whatever small town i forgot the name of the town but came back blood to you're in blood texas this is why it's that use her skills to help the people of her small town her law skills to help people small town and unfortunately she is killed by a slasher in the opening sequence and then in her house it was a creepy and posed creepy it totally was a creepy sequence i i got behind on this series and i let a few of the last issues pile up and for some reason i wasn't enjoying the beginning of that last arc with the cult but i ended up reading all of them Mm -hmm. at once one of these light weeks and i was totally hooked and by the end of it you know i was like this is super enjoyable so i was caught up again when this one came out and i was like "Ooh, new arc you know great place to start over they switched genre to a certain extent um, you know, I got mm-hmm. myself oriented. You really only got to remember the one sheriff guy. There's a yes. bunch of other people, but as long as I can sort of pinpoint who the sheriff is, I'm good. And then you sort of start over from there. And yeah, I mean, it's basically the point why I put this in the script as I was like, I think this book is still much better than you would suspect for longer than you would think. And, it, you know, it's, I don't, again... I know Jacob Phillips, the son of Sean Phillips. This is unmistakable. <laughs> it gets, and, yeah. and, but not in a bad way. It's just like, you know, that's how dad did it. That's how I'm going to do it. But it's also it's also slightly different. I mean, he he is, he's got a slightly different style. It's in the same genre mm-hmm. as his dad's art, but it's slightly well, I also, different. I also and, feel like I've been looking uh, at his art more than Sean Phillips for the past couple of years. So I, I've lost track. Well, that's because you haven't been reading the Reckless right. books. Not on purpose. Uh, they've been doing those OGNs. I've I've read four of them in the last year, so okay. I've seen a lot of Sean Phillips. And and yeah. um, so we're back in the past. So the 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 sheriff. <laughs> these are I don't know names. It's just the sure. sheriff. He is running for a reelection. After um, I think his, I think he was 
installed as sheriff when his, the other sheriff got killed. So this is like his first election bid, right. and it's getting ugly. So we've got sort of the politics of sheriff electioneering, and then also a slasher is in town and has just cut the head of Patty Doyle off and put it on her lap. So what year did um, I thought this was this was solid. what year did the Scream movie come out? Because this is very we were in college. Okay, I think so I was, was living in the Circle Apartments. Right, so, so I think that was junior, so it was, junior it was, year. It was after ninety two. This would be. This is a, apparently this yeah, is the yeah, oh yeah, yeah. This is the influence. This is what's this is what gave him the idea for Scream. I believe it was ninety seven. Okay, Kevin Williamson. Ninety eight. Postmodern. Ninety seven. Okay. All right, yeah. fair enough. Uh, ninety seven. You know, but either way, I just it's funny because I I don't remember if I've seen Chris Condon's name on anything else because you would think by now somebody like hey this right. looks really good you know usually fourteen issues into sales notwithstanding a well done. Uh, uh, image series like this, you know, I figured you'd have a black label book by now. But just doing this. <laughs> right, right. In the old days, he would have had a Vertigo book. By now. Yes, he yes. would have. And then for a little while, they would have given him Fantastic Four by now. There was a little <laughs> period in the 2000s where if you did anything, they were like, right. here's the big ship, have fun, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, this was, if you have not read that Texas Blood and you're all interested in crime and this has got a tinge of slasher horror, but it's still mostly a crime book. Um, this is a great place to jump on. It's issue 14. It's this new arc. takes place in the past. That's what the great thing about these arcs are. They all are pretty much self-contained. They yeah. take, you know, it takes place in the same county, Ambrose County, and, th- and the same sheriff is always in the middle of the story somehow. But um, you can read any of these arcs on their this own. This could be an issue one. And uh, this is... Yeah, this is a great place to start if you have not checked it out. And it's uh, creepy imagery on the killer. And what, what, I guess another thing is that like there's bits, there's times where you're like, is this gonna get supernatural? Which has happened a bunch in this series, but it never does. Yeah, because there's uh, you know right. like part of it I think is this feeling that the people who live out there kind of believe in the supernatural. So there's things that keep making like the last one was about a cult and a, you know like the elder gods and whatever. But you know in the most comics, then that god would show up and whatever. But it isn't. They were nuts. You know, and this this has a slasher. He's not a demon. He's not, but it's that idea. Like, could this be that? And it isn't. It's just a straight up. You know, this is a bad place to live. Clearly, <laughs> where, where yeah. things go bad. But uh, it's it's straight up. I have reality. to say that um, uh, page nine on my digital reader, where the killing takes place in the reflection of the TV, was some smart comic book creating. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Sean Phillips is as good of a storyteller as there is in comics. He, uh, he just, he is. Mm-hmm. He, you know, if you, you look back, I, I remember, like, he's one of the first guys that, I want to say when I was reading Sleeper, that I was sort of starting to understand storytelling, and I thought, oh, this guy's really good at telling a story. Yeah. And, and, you know, it seems like Jacob Phillips has really learned you know, it's not like it's it's not like nepotism in the film industry, where you can become an executive mm-hmm. and a, you know by you know you have to do the work in comics and also you know it's not really the same reward. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. You like this? You you want to follow no, my footsteps? You want to use my name so you can get behind this drawing board for fourteen hours of your life and so you have health problems uh, and no savings? Yeah, get a bad back and yeah. bad shoulders and bad wrists and yeah. you know, but but he. You know, he respects the family business. He goes into the into the penciling mines, and he does the work, and he does <laughs> and he, it. True. There's there's none of like True. I don't know how old he is. Christ, he probably could be forty by now. But 
don't know. There's none. It, I, I, I sense no new artist from him. I sense like it, he, he yeah. works like a veteran. And that, yeah. that's really uh, great. So, Josh, are you aware? Uh, um, I know you're, you keep up. You keep up to date with the new podcasting laws, but are you aware of any podcast lemon laws? Um, my lawyers are looking into it, and they're going to contact your lawyers because <laughs> you reviewed Dogs of London number one from Aftershock a few episodes ago, and said, "Hey, this was just a straight up crime book set in the '60s London." And I said, "That's cool." So I read one and two this week, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on with this supernatural bullshit?" That was not clear so in the first issue. And then I... Except for the fact that his, his cronies from the 60s were turned up in 2012 alive and young. I think I might have said it mostly feels that like That was it. the last page. Yeah, it's fine. I miss a lot of Listen, things. my people are going to talk to Listen, your people. And I'm fine with that. We're going to work out a cash settlement. That's fine. On you can have all time. of my profits from that issue or that episode. <laughs> They're all yours. Not, not that this is bad. Like, yeah. that's what my, my thinking was, wait a minute, but... Um, I did enjoy the, the two issues. However, I, the problems that you noted when you re, when you talked about the issue were things I also noted, which is <sighs> you've got a story, and it's less so in the second issue because we, now we're basically all in the, in the present day. But in the first issue, at least, it was like, here are seven brunette guys in black suits. And I was Oof. like, I don't know who any of these yeah. people are. And they keep saying names, and I don't know how I should feel that's about the Tommy, names. That's Tommy, that's Barty, you that's... Know, okay, it's different when they're actors. Like you can right. you can imprint on an actor's face, but when it's four four characters drawn basically the same, one guy's face is a little fatter than the other guy's. It's like I don't know who Danny is versus you know <laughs> so, any of these other dudes. I I think anyway. we're burying the lead here, which is I was yeah. reading the book, and I got to page nine, and I'm going to just go ahead and read this quote. Now then to business. I'm Professor Hartman. Thanks to Herr Hitler, eugenics has required a rather bad name. <laughs> And yes, it does oh, God, have some beastly yeah. undertones, but among all the dubious science remain some nuggets of genetic truth. And as he does that to a group of boys they've pulled out of the juvenile hall home or whatever they call it in England, and he, he has a yeah. pair of calipers to measure their heads. Yeah. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. often that they That's bad. use the word eugenics. <laughs> I went, oh. The thing is like... Things are bad enough when you get sent to what in America is called juvie, but um, it's worse when then you get pulled out of general population, brought to the doctor's office, and he starts talking about Hitler and eugenics. He and says, you're like, oh, he, it's gotten he worse. He says Herr Hitler, which is like a sign of respect. <laughs> and you're like, oof, that's like, like, he's acknowledging that Hitler is bad for public relations. He can admit that much, but also there's a tone of, but let, let's hold on and listen to what he has to say, though. And he's measuring their heads. <laughs> it's just bad it's all bad i, I love uh, there's a thing that lives in the heads of british writers from world war ii that americans will never be able to do because it it was mm-hmm. so much more present there and like if you're sure, Pete Milligan, yeah. like he's not old enough i don't think to have been alive but his parents probably were and they just, mm-hmm. <laughs> just you know this this eugenics thing <laughs> this almost happened <laughs> so the the main story, in case you didn't hear the review or you you blacked out during, it, is that there's these '60s gangsters in London who um, some of them didn't survive the era, and then one of one or two of them survived and went, sort of went straight and became businessmen. And he was so knighted. We we spent the first 
Right. So we spent the first issue sort of seeing them in the 60s, and then at the very end we jumped to the present day, and then the main guy has has gotten knighted here, and so he's like a big successful businessman. He lives in a 13 million pound house, and uh, his old enforcer buddy lives in Spain with like a 24 year old girlfriend, and life is good, except for the fact that all of their old dead cronies have now shown up, and um, in, in their bodies are back. They they haven't woken up yet, but then they're so they're in this like scientific lab being tested. And then so the old enforcer blows the lab up, which I thought was funny. He's like, that, I told you just to get rid of the bodies. The older version um, of that guy, I could tell who he was. And also I can picture exactly yeah. who he was. Um, sexy Beast. Like, I was like, it's that guy. That's Ray yeah, Winstone. That's yeah, yeah, I was like, that's him. Great. I've cast it. And then the bodies have survived the explosion and the fire. And now they're awake and their eyes are glowing. So there's some nonsense That's not there, supernatural, but, though. Eugenics has never been fine. tested. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is a dangerous this is road. Just science to go down for for a bit that people may not understand as a bit. I don't think most so, people know what eugenics is anymore, and they don't know that it's very funny to make these awful jokes about an awful, awful thing. I, I and just I have to be fair. Uh, the art from art, the art from artisi, arti, arti, art, yeah, artisida, not. Great. Not great, but correct in tone. He gets the job like, done. Like he gets the sixties sixties London thing. Like he's yeah. got that 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 art uh design feel. I think he gets, you know, like where they are, but the people It's just a little stiff. Yep. The body language is just a little unnatural. Um not not incredibly dynamic, but it gets the job done. I've seen certainly seen worse. It's just I wish it had a more um, fluid artist who didn't make everyone seem really unnaturally stiff all the time. But that's yeah. fine. Yeah, like a, it's, I uh, mean, aftershock, like a with a broad brush, like a 2000 AD type yeah. artist. Somebody in the, you know, like one of the guys that Vertigo or, or two. Yeah, hell, if, if Russ Braun drew this book, we'd be flying. You're right. Yep, absolutely. But um, I'm still going to read it, mostly because I have a subscription on. Comicsology, and I don't with the new system. I don't know how to turn it off. Thank you. So, expensive. <laughs> so, um, I'm sure there's a way, and this is not me asking people who are listening to tell me, but because that was more of a joke. But I'm going to keep reading it. But I really don't know how to turn it off. It's, it's a joke based. Do not give me unsolicited advice. That is a. <laughs> I, I'm. 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 I'm curious to see what's going on. I did. I did. I did enjoy it, but I did also go. Wait a minute. I thought this was a sixties British crime book. I think I sold it. In the is like, it's interesting. It's not like other things. It isn't great, but like it isn't. It's not great, but it's different enough from everything else that it's at least novel in a sense. My plan this morning was to um, go back to that show and pull some quotes out and throw them back in your face. But then I was like, I don't care. Here's the thing. I'm not a good reader. I'm distracted. I miss <laughs> I miss details and stuff. I I I, I focus fine. on the things that don't necessarily tell me what the plot is. Like I I, I sure. I'm not good. I'm not a good reader. I that's going to be your def- your court defense, and we'll see how that goes. It depends well, on what you Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, what kind of damages are we talking about? I'm pretty sure we can work this out. I'll send you a Starbucks <laughs> card or something. <laughs> Are you are you looking for like pain and suffering damages? All right, so I know that I'm yeah, in for. I, I mean, I have some some punitive. And, right, I'm in yeah. for eight bucks for eight the bucks? books to start. 
my lawyer's going to take five of those eight bucks. That's your problem. I have nothing um, to do with me. I mean, you know what? Yeah. That's fine. I'll cover the lawyer fees of the five. So I'm in for 13. <laughs> you want you want profits from the show. You want my portion of that. Yeah. Done. From that from that five Done. minutes of Done. the show. I'll, so we're, th- we're 1325. Uh, and I, you know what? I'm going to round it up to an even 20. Are we good? All right. Thank you. I'll take it. That's fine. We, we can the U.S. court system the thanks you. Wait, are you taking me to court and, and, and put it in two? <laughs> this is actually a perfect moment to talk about what we're about to talk about because Josh now owes me money. So let's talk about how you can help support the show and therefore help Josh pay off his debt to me. Uh, Patreon.com slash iFanboy is the best way to do that. We know that the world is difficult and it's, it always seems terrible. You turn the news on and every story is bad. But... You know, we hope that this show is like a one hour of fun in your week. It's one hour of fun for our week. We were talking before the show about how awful everything was, but we were so excited to talk about comics because <sighs> just a, it's just a rest. I'm telling you, I put these headphones on. I don't hear anything else in the world. It's three great. or four minutes ago, we were talking about stuff and laughing, and I was like, "Oh, thank God for this!" I, li- literally, I, I I appreciated it as it was happening. Uh, it's just for us right now, but I hope some of that leaks out to you. Yeah, so if, if you if you feel like this is a good value for you and, and, and enjoy your week, then consider being a patron. You don't have to be a twenty dollar a month patron. You don't have to be even a five dollar a month patron. You can just be a one dollar a month patron, and that would be fine too if if you feel like that's worth it. And also, look, it's terrible and inflation's bad. So if you can't if you can't do it if you can't swing it, that's also fine too. Um, Wait, do I have to pay for gas in any way in this lawsuit? Because I can't afford that. <laughs> yeah, you got to cover my my gas costs. Wait a minute, you have an electric um, car, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, we wanted to give you a quick media split update. Right now, we're back over the threshold, so it's probably pretty safe. It will be a media split this month, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And I know we keep saying we're going to rejigger the stretch goals, and I have a note. Literally, I have a note here on my desk saying patron goals to remind me to do to start looking at that. So uh, it just hasn't happened yet. Life is busy. Life is busy, but we'll get to what it. What that means is but that he's going to slack me at 10 a.m. on a Monday and be like, hey, can we redo these goals? I'm like, no, not now. And then I'll, I'll be too tired after. <laughs> what I'll probably do is send you a proposal, and then we'll work off that. That'll just be us a starting point. Anyway, thank you for all your support, anyone who's a patron. ifamily.threadless.com is where you can buy our T-shirts, we just had a Memorial Day sale. They'll prob- they like to do sales at Threadless around the holidays, so there'll probably be one and then the next holiday, maybe July 4th. So keep your eye on that if you haven't bought these shirts. It was a good sale. It was like 25% off or something like that, so keep your eye out for that. Um, but we have great shirts, and I really enjoy them, and I wear them frequently, um, and I hope you do too. Thank you very much if you bought a T-shirt. FMO.com slash support is our digital tip jar via PayPal if you just want to throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar and or... If you are a, you know, billionaire who needs to hide money, and, and instead of like the IRS getting it, you decide you want to give it to us to talk about comics, then go for it. Also, ifmo.com slash Amazon is our link to buy uh, our books, flood books, and, and just general shopping link. And bookshop.org is our partner for um, supporting local bookstores. We put those links in when appropriate. They apparently did not have any copies of Superman for All Seasons on there for sale so you won't see that link in that post but most other of our books bloods you'll see the bookshop.org link and it's a great way to support local bookstores and all those ways you help support ifanboy are appreciated we thank you it keeps the show going and keeps uh, josh able to pay me off what he very rightfully owes me as in a court of law we'll back then my up. team goes back 
into the archives and they find every instance of you saying the first <laughs> issue of a book is good. And then it just it, it just goes into shit. And I can then go back and be like, 12 issues of this I paid for based on one. And then what happens is... Prior actions are not and, relevant. And, in and then process. what happens is the listeners get in on it. And the feeding frenzy starts. Oh, the no. class action lawsuit. And everyone is just like, we started reading uh, Immortal Hulk. And I don't know what happened, but we somebody has to be responsible for this. <laughs> This is a dangerous road we've gone down. We've opened you, those doors up. No, 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 no. We, have to keep we didn't. You did this. <laughs> you're, no, I only you're, said, I said uh, against co-hosts. I didn't say. Avarice? This, look, this is your buyer beware situation. If you're listening to this show, caveat emptor, that's not even what I, is that the you're same self-righteous, thing? self-righteous. Buyer beware. Moralistic. All-knowing. <laughs> your uh-huh. ego. This is Keep about. Going. Let's get it all out. Get it all out. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to redirect some anxiety. Twenty five years. <laughs> so let's say, for example, like we blow up at each other while recording a show. Do we mm-hmm. put that show out? Maybe depends on how entertaining that is. Uh, what's this book? I didn't read this book. The Ward number Award one. number one. Uh, is a book from Dark Horse Comics. It was a number one based on nothing else, and it was a light week, so I thought I will I will try this. It is about uh, 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 fantasy. There's uh, creatures and whatnot. But mm-hmm. what it is, it is fables and ER mixed together. There oh, well, that's perfect is for a you. woman. And she comes home, and she's talking about some shit in her past. We don't know what it is. And in the hallway, there is a man uh, holding a woman who has been stabbed and is very bloody. And she knows something is going on, and she is forced to take the two of them, including the man, uh, to a hospital uh, that they have to drive through a brick wall to get to. And we see it, and there's creatures outside of it out everywhere, and it is a magical ER. And the woman had quit. But now she is back, and then they have mm. to make the man uh, forget uh, that he saw it, uh, and there is a minotaur, and he's very angry, and they have to give him hard restraints, but they don't work, because uh, <laughs> he's lost a horn. Like the Did he come into the ER with a loving wife? No. And we just know he's Turns done for. out, I'm going to go ahead and spoil um, this, he's the one who stabbed the lady in the hallway, so they had to solve that mystery. It's uh, a bit of a crime uh, um, procedural sort of thing going on there. It really is a straight-up hospital show slash comic book. Is the Minotaur being played by Krumholtz? Listen, I don't. I can't have time to get into this. You just you sparked a lot of things. <laughs> but I will tell you this: David Krumholtz is one of the great underappreciated actors mm-hmm. of our time. Full stop. He's yes. fantastic in everything, and it's always something different. Sorry. <laughs> in this book, did any sort of magical creature lose an arm due to helicopter accident? No, but he did. The Minotaur did lose one of his horns. Okay. Did a helicopter No, but him? it's the first issue. You can't do that right away. You got to work up to it. Well, it was. It was. I might check that it out, was. Actually. It was okay. It was like it was kind of unexpected. It really is just like a hospital mm-hmm. procedural, and there's some drama going on. I was like, well, this is weird that this is coming to me right now when I'm headlong into season nine. Is is the best thing that we've ever done in low these twenty two years of our fanboy uh, the ER opening 
on the yeah, video. Oh yeah, show. no, it, it is the finest piece of technical editing that I ever did. Uh, I had to learn how to do a ton of stuff to be able to make the effects to make it look like the at the Chicago Comic Con episode we did an ER opening, and I remember very specifically picturing it in my head, and then also like having everybody do things that I could shoot on camera mm-hmm. to put in there, and at the time no one wanted to do it. And it was like the most half-assed, like, all right, turn, look to camera, make a face, run this way like you... And everybody was like, oh, why? I, and nobody wanted to do it. And I was like, I've shot half of it. I need you to do the rest of this. And I pulled it together. Uh, and you guys supported me uh, when it came out. Uh, sure. Yeah. No, you're right. We're, this is old school shit. Uh, I realized when I read the script that you sent over that I read the first issue of The Lion and the Eagle... And I forgot it existed after that. So I have not oh read two, three, or four. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I missed I forgot. I missed three. And so last night I, I had to I had it. I actually had bought it. So it was there. I didn't want to miss it because I wanted to read the rest of it. Um so this is the final issue of this little four issue mini series. Is this the story with the uh, caravan and the jungle? Yeah. And... So it's basically Yeah, I need to I need to go it's back and get largely the about that one issue. The forgotten efforts of the British working with Indian Gurkha soldiers and, uh, I forget, Burmese, like, sort of guerrilla troops uh, fending off yeah. the the Japanese um, sort of outside of the, the normally understood theater of, of Pacific War. And it... This is also Aftershock Comics. Yeah. How did I miss yeah, this? It, I guess well, I didn't subscribe to it. Yeah, That's well, why. It's eight bucks an issue. Um, yeah. And... I'm buying them all now. And uh, I'm paying for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you definitely will be paying for this. Um, I'm gonna send you an invoice. This say the thing where a bunch of people will walk around and you can sort of hear what they're talking about because there's they're basically stuck in this area, this remote outpost, and they have no supplies and things keep getting worse and worse and worse. And then every once in a while, an attack happens. When an attack happens, the pages go double page spread. The color of everything changes to yep. a reddish orange thing, and it is incredibly overwrought and bloody and brutal. And finally, they get the orders to move out. And it really is like, uh, like it's the, the main officer, you know, sort of like, what was the point of all this? And it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not fantastic in a narrative sense, but it is incredibly thoughtful in the... They try to cover a lot of ground in an area that most people, including myself up until relatively recently, didn't really know about or understand. And there's a bit, there's right. a bit like, why are the Indians fighting on the side of the British and there's uh, there's a sort of an officer major that, that is always with the, the main British officer that sort of talks about it because he's like the best soldier there is and he's incredibly loyal. And at one point in here he says something like, I'm not fighting for you. I'm fighting because it's, you know, I'm supposed to. What, you know, like, it's really thoughtful duty and, honor. and interesting. Um, it's not... Like, there's war scenes that are really compelling and interesting, but there is another thing going on. There's sort of like reading a history book, is you're trying to... Garth Ennis is trying to work this stuff out. He's trying to understand it, and, and we get to do that through him, through the work. And, and um, I mean, the whole thing was worth reading, but it is not like dashing war stories, like you're going to be excited yeah. and thrilled by it. It's, it's getting into stuff that almost doesn't belong in a comic book form, but because... You know, I'm hopelessly biased for this guy. I, I'll take whatever it is. Like, it, there's so many rules of mine that are broken in this book, which is like these are just people walking around talking forever. But it doesn't matter because it's good. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I remember really liking the first one. I just bought all th- three, two through four. So I'll read those later. But I'm excited because I did like it, and 
you know, PJ Holden also is terrific, yes. and that's you know, the, the the touchy thing about the Garth Ennis horror books is the art can be all over the map. And, and what PJ Holden does is, and, and we were talking about this, like I pretty much knew who everybody was. I mm-hmm. think uh, yep. it was pretty clear, and he was able to draw people who look different. He was able to draw different ethnicities and make them understand. Mm-hmm. You know, that you knew. I mean, it, it sounds like it should be easy to do, but like he. he there's a characterization to the Burmese characters and the Indian characters and the British characters and then among the British characters and among those other guys. And I think he gave them a lot of life. Um, I can't remember the word for the, for the Burmese gorillas, but they're the most fascinating thing in the whole thing. Um, yeah. It was pretty good. That's cool. I'm glad you put it in the script because I'd forgotten that book existed. Oh, why didn't I subscribe to it? After school, number one from Image, I took a flyer on this because I saw that Greg Hinkle drew it. Same. And I, I love Greg Hinkle's work. Um, Oh, so you did read this? Yep. Okay, good. Um, what's funny was <laughs> I put this in the script. I, I mean, I sent it. You know, you, that's how we do the show: is you send me the list, and I, then I add books to it, uh, depending on who has the pick. And I wrote it. I wrote it down, and I, then I thought, what happened in that book? <laughs> like I know I wanted to talk about it, but I had completely forgotten everything about it, other than Greg Kinkle's work. So this is a anthology series, apparently. Uh, I guess centered around school. Um, the first issue here, written by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, are two filmmakers out of L.A. Because if you're a filmmaker in L.A., you get a comic. And um, drawn by Greg Hinkle, as we said, who's terrific. This is issue stories uh, focuses on a little, a young girl in high school who is, you know, just just getting by. She's got you know all the high school problems. She's uh, bad at dis- uh, good at dissecting and things. She's she's got some skills there, but she's not got a lot of confidence. She likes a girl, but you know, doesn't talk to her. And then one day her parents bring her a dog. And everything changes in her life. Her confidence level shoots through the roof. Her, her competence level, she's suddenly really good at everything. She's playing soccer well. She's she's doing schoolwork really well. And it's all because of this dog. And we find out the dog is, in fact, um, infected with an alien who, uh, who has some sort of aura that, that affects her. My biggest concern here, and tell me if you thought the same thing, Josh. I thought this was a ghost dog. Because of the way it's colored. Yep. Yeah. It looked like a hologram. Yeah, I thought the same thing. You noticed that it stood out, and I, I think that that was a, uh, that was a, uh, like an intention, but it didn't make sense. I, I thought this, the, no, I, the art is beautiful, but I. The dog shows up. Yeah, it shows up, and this the color is by Giovanna Nero. I'm not, like, blaming Giovanna Nero, but, like, they say, here, we got, we got you something to help you, and this dog shows up, and it's not colored the same way like there's no hard black lines in the dog you know like the rest of the drawing and so i thought is this a hologram dog is this a ghost dog like it's it's colored in the same way they color ghost dog over in dr strange Mm -hmm. yes so i thought well this dog is not real because it's 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 being colored in a very purposeful and intentional way differently than the rest of the people now maybe they were trying to say it was like you know strange and supernatural and had an aura but to me it just was confusing because i thought it was not a real dog i thought maybe it was like a, was it in her head like i was trying to figure out why they were doing it this way the whole time and it was distracting me i was extremely um, confused I, like like yeah. once the the i i wasn't clear what happened like until the very end and even then i wasn't sure and it was not i, I don't yeah I don't know the point of the story uh did you do you know it, it was super successful do you know who those people are well, aaron moorhead and justin no. benson well, they were the co-showrunners of a little show called Moon Knight. 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And then they did a bunch of like small indie weird horror creepy movies or whatever. I will say this. The single page shot of when she discovers the dog in the middle of the night having a cigarette and a coffee and watching TV in the kitchen mm-hmm. made me laugh. Yes. Just the in- incongruity of it. And they said in their, in, their, in their essay in the back that that was the image they started with. It was a dog it's, smoking a cigarette, drinking a coffee, watching TV. It's really weird, though, that everything else around <clears throat> it. Like, to get from yeah. that image to all this weird, like horror spine ripping stuff and guts and they yeah, have to sacrifice like a great dane to be the battery for some interdimensional po- like it was like this is way too much but you know yeah he, he had to like he's building a ship this alien living inside the dog has to build a ship to get home and the ship seems to be run on like entrails and so they have to start, start cutting up like it it got i really liked all the high school stuff like i thought she was interesting and then you know she finally talks to the girl at a party, and like I thought, the confidence that was brought on by the dog to change her life was interesting. And then it got into bloody gore, and I was like, I don't I'm know not interested in any of this. I think but, Hinkle did a fucking yeah. hell of a job, though, visualizing what yes. must have been some weird ass ideas in a script. I mean, yeah. really quality work in that way. I mean, that was the only reason why I read yep. this. <clears throat> Same. I thought, well, at least at least it'll look good. Not, not that I didn't know. I just didn't know. I had no idea what it was when I started reading it, but I mean, at least it would look good. He's not, you know, he's not drawing the whole thing. It's different, totally yeah, different team. Yeah, so the, the next, next one is, is unrelated. So that the cliffhanger at the end is the end. The next one is written by the one of the people behind Marvel Studios is Loki. So apparently all the people from the Disney Plus TV shows got an anthology. Then they're all going to find out that they don't get paid by image. Wait, you would get paid after? Yes. Oh, <laughs> So, let's talk about the patron pick, patreon.com slash ifanboy. All the patrons can vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, the overwhelming favorite was Aquaman Andromeda, book one from Black Label, written by Ram V, drawn by Christian Ward, and letters by Adita Bidikar. And um, I was not going to read this. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it, the if pick. the point of the patron pick was to get us to read something that neither of us would have normally read, that was a success because yeah. that did happen. So I love Aquaman. He's one of my like sneaky favorite characters. When I was a kid, he was like up there with Batman for a while. Uh, I don't know why. I think I just wanted to be blonde because all the heroes in TV movies were blonde. But um, that's like right, you. buddy. But uh, it's another another grievance, grievance I have against you. But um, I've always liked Aquaman. And so normally you think Aquaman, Black Label book, Connor's all over that. But I've tried several Ram V books. Many. He's an, he's a he's a writer with a lot of heat on his name. He came up through you know doing stuff like with Vault, and now he's got a lot of he's been doing a lot of DC work. I've I've read probably five or six, giving him a try, and I have not liked any of them. And this issue sort of encapsulated a lot of the reasons why I just don't respond to his work. And I just this was a slog it to get through. It Was super serious. And so yeah. it's this like really heavy metaphor, uh, deep, you know, metaphysical thinking about the deep and the earth and, and humanity. And, water. and it just went on and on forever. And it was like, was not fun. It was nothing funny no. about it. There's a couple of bits where like one of the characters being sarcastic for a second. I was like, is this what they think is fun? But it, it was like it was trying to show me this deep truth through an Aquaman mm-hmm. story. And I was like, I'm not buying it. Like, I'm 
fine. Like, I wasn't, it was a slog. Like, I wasn't like, this is terrible. It wasn't like badly constructed. The writing wasn't, but it just seemed like way more uh, intense and serious than it had any right to be. It, like un- entirely unironic seriousness, and I just thought this level of drama and 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 pretense—it's just completely misplaced. There was a lot. There were whole sequences in the book where people didn't talk in dialogue; they talked in like long monologues about the nature of the world. Yes, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Uh, there was a section in the middle where the this this underwater. St- our boat gets attacked by what may be a kraken that I thought was fun and well done, but there was the rest of it was just sort of like ponderous and self serious. And but it rem- I read this in two sessions, like I couldn't even finish yeah. it. The I read it and I was like, I gotta stop. And for me, digitally, the the sign that I'm not enjoying a book is when I tap the screen to see how many pages are left. I did it many times. Um, and I was doing that like every three pages. Yep. It's like how many pages? It was long. Like and because it was it's a black label book, so it was pro- it, digitally it was forty seven pages, but there was a lot of double page spreads. So it was probably around sixty pages, for fifty pages, not fifty. It was probably fifty five, sixty. And I was just like, oh my god. And uh, Christian Ward, I like, but I don't think this was his finest work. I um I don't I don't like the Aquaman design. What was it he did before? He did an image book. Was it with Hickman? Something like that. Christian Ward's done a lot of stuff. Well, let me look it up while you talk. Some more so about there was it. a right. thing, but like I think that his storytelling and his acting are good. I hate the the production of it, like the digital. It just looks it looks like computer artwork to me, and mm-hmm. in a way that that takes me like I think it does its job. I don't think it's bad. And so what I what I mean is like I don't like this style of digital coloring. These fuchsias and these. Uh, um, those uh, blur motion effects. Like, I can see Photoshop effects right. on the page, and I don't want to. Um, mm-hmm. And and again, I don't, I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that, that it's a bad thing, but it is not my taste at all. And so you combine that with this he self-serious thing. He did Odyssey thing. with uh, Matt Fraction. That's what it was. That's what I was thinking of. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which was probably also self-serious. But, um, you know, like, this just reminded me have you ever been like at a party or a dinner with a person who just yeah. <laughs> is like so wants to think that their opinions are much more interesting than they are and that they're deep and it's just like it's Aquaman. It's a big fish story. But it, but it, 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 which isn't to say you couldn't tell a story like that with Aquaman. It just this wasn't it. No. Um, it just, you know, if you're ever going to tell a story about sort of the nature of the planet and water and what we're doing to it, it it's through aquaman but it just this was not successful this every every character was just droning on and speaking in very um ponderous highfalutin caption boxes and uh and this is you know it's, it's a, I mean, a black label books out of continuity so this this is a world where i guess only aquaman exists because the whole story is this um salvage the secret salvage mission uh, something something, <clears throat> something crashed into the ocean and they think it's extraterrestrial so they're all freaking out. It's going to be the first contact. So I was like, well, I guess this is a world where there's no Superman because they're all freaking out about the possibility of aliens. So that's fine. This is a black label book. It can be whatever kind of scenario they want it to be. But um, 
it just wasn't very interesting. So it's, it's we spent way more time with this group of scientists who were under the sea waiting to find this object than we did with any Aquaman's probably in like five pages of the 55 and he's, or 60. he's the movie version. Like he comes up on the sea and he works with the ships and then kind yeah. of goes back. He's the... the Although he has no tattoos, Mom- which is good. No, but like in, in like not visually, but thematically, he's the, the Momoan version. No, I know, but like in the, in the current book, he's got tattoos and everything. Hey, uh, um, I'm going to give the book one. I'm going to give I'm gonna give a, uh, a compliment. Uh, there's a bit where... Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it's the first page of sequential art, uh, and we're looking at a girl, and she's holding the Raggedy Ann doll, and we zoom in, and there's a reflection in the water, and then you close on her eye, and the water causes the eye to be reflected sort of on the above and below, and then you yep. turn into this big page mm-hmm. right of the of the idea that we have of what a black hole looks like now, and that is a really nice mm-hmm. image. That's really nice... Uh, pacing and and uh, composition and everything. It's just that it's surrounded by a script that's trying to be as self important as that. Uh, we call that we call that graphic matching in the business. Yeah, really nice. Um, I really did like the sequence in the middle where the the monster attacks. I thought there was some good bits in there. I thought the the thing where it's all like smoky and foggy and then out of the smoke comes the yeah. tentacle that grabs the dude. I thought this was all well done. It was a great single page image of the giant tentacle coming out of the water mm-hmm. like i thought this was that sequence was i was like oh something something's actually fun is happening in this book right. and it lasted like five pages and then we were back to droning on about the nature of of the sea and uh and the universe i mean that there's a couple of good shots like the aquaman swimming through i thought page uh 37 38 aquaman fighting the beast was those are good sequences like, I, I think, but i think that his composition his storytelling, uh, you know, the, the the energy and action that he brings to pages is really good. I can't stand, you know, that tentacle that comes up. Like, look, all there's all those, like, swirly things around it. And then there's the glow mm-hmm. that comes off the gun. It just reminds me of when they didn't know how to color comic books digitally. Like, I just, I want it to be painted. Mm-hmm. Or I want it to look like it's painted. I, that's just, that's a production thing I don't like. Uh, right. It just, it, it's a personal just, taste. Yeah, totally. It just rubs me wrong. Um, but like the the art, I mean, I know that the you know the underlying drawings, the the composition, all that stuff, that's great. Like he's clearly got that working. Uh, but the finishing right. is not for me. So let's rate Aquaman Andromeda Book One from Black Label DC Comics ratings out of five. I'm giving it two stars. I am also giving it two stars. I think the structure. Are you sticking with this? No, because really it is all but like the underlying bones are actually fairly strong. The structure of the story is good. The finishing, which is the dialogue and the characterization and the tone is awful. And the art's kind of the mm. same way for me. The structure is good. Like the storytelling is strong. The characters are definable. But the finishing of it is not attractive. So like they got a skeleton down and then just piled a bunch of stuff on it on a like. It's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, it's really your take on it is exactly the same as mine, which I think is, is telling. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can vote to add a book to the rundown. And if you give it the $5 or higher level, you get a superpower live on the show. Like Daniel Phillips. Daniel Phillips' power is that he can um, 
I think we, I think I've used a similar version of this before, but with a slight twist, he can ma- he can manifest um, cupcakes at any moment, any kind of cupcake you want. But it doesn't have to be for eating. He can also use them in an offensive capability, meaning he can start shooting cupcakes like a machine gun out of his hand. Um, <laughs> it's really just just <laughs> cupcakes, and they just hit guys in the face, and there's a splash noise and right. Um, Do the cupcakes yeah. only come out in one like? They're always going to be a cupcake. Like, there's not like they're not like trick arrows. Like we're no, no. It's always, okay. a, it's always a cupcake. Yeah. Like he can't. Yeah, you can also eat them. I mean, they're delicious right, too. Right. I mean, if you if you couldn't be attacked, really, it's. I mean, it's a distraction. <laughs> like, like I. It, it'd be. It's the indignity. It's the indignity. It's, of it. <laughs> like, is there any way? Like a cupcake would have to be moving really fast to do damage. Is he able to do that? Yeah. It's, I mean, he, they come out pretty fast, but right, it's not like but... it's, it's not going to take your eye out. It's just going to, it's going to, it's almost like uh, in Spaceballs when they jam the radar by throwing right. a jam, a big can of jam at the radar. Like it's going to, it's going to mess you up. You're not going to be able to see because you got, now you got frost. And in I your think eye. the further indignity a... is that it's like, oh, that was a good cupcake. And you're just. Right. You're like, it's, I feel bad, but I, it's delicious. I'm licking it off my face. Can he, and, can he yeah. control the flavor and type of cupcake yeah he can make any kind he wants okay no. okay that's good that's good to yeah. know but he and yeah. he can slow the rate so it's not like any time he opens the tap they just all come flying <laughs> no, out no, right no. yeah yeah no you don't go to daniel and be like hey can i get like a red velvet he's like hold on <laughs> and you gotta like you know duck <laughs> um <sighs> tyler owings I feel like I left a letter mm-hmm. out of that. Uh, Tyler Owings can make you feel pretty. Like if he if he, if he points at you, he gives you a little twiddly. Like he makes you feel pretty. You don't know what's happening. Ooh, nice. Just all of a sudden, you're like, "Well, really, I got to go on today." Oh wow! <laughs> These jeans are making my ass look great. Right. I mean, uh, you know what? I don't know. I've really got my hair correct today. This is this is. I feel good. <laughs> you know, and you know that's going to tell you a lot about the person who was made to feel pretty. So maybe they're going to mm. show some more self-confidence. Mm-hmm. They're going to start doing better at stuff. They're not going to be worrying about the things that were giving them anxiety. Or they're going to start to feel superior. They're going to start shooting endless videos of themselves doing shit that isn't interesting. Or, you know, <laughs> or they're going to try to right. help others. It could go all right. sorts of ways. It's a, the, how, how, if you make somebody feel pretty, it could be a window to their soul. I'm trying to find the patrons here. It's Tyler. I think you're right. Owings. Yeah, you're right. Owings. Okay. Owings. Yeah. Unless the name was put wrong into the spreadsheet. That's very. That's possible, I guess. So, Tyler, if we did get your name wrong, let us know, and we will do an on-air correction. God, the, uh, Tyler the is spreadsheet is so me big something. now. It took forever to open. Tyler yeah. is owings me. Uh, also, but we don't know. Maybe <laughs> Tyler is owings me. I don't know. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can become a patron like Daniel and Tyler. And you can just prepare live on the show. Thanks for being patrons. What do you want to do, boss? Oh, guys, sl- first one. First one. Scott. Scott. From Portland. Scott. Scott. Scott's <laughs> oh, been thinking boy. about this question since comics went up to 195. Tootski? <laughs> why does is, why is Scott from Portland sound like... Because I've been working on Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey a lot lately. I see. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How much you jerk off? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, it's like, whoa, whoa. It's like, uh, uh, did you listen to his audiobook? Because he does talk about that a lot in his book. Yeah, um, no. I, I, it's yeah. a great audiobook, by the way. If you want to work on your McConaughey, 
That's Download green lights. Problem here is you got to get the whistle. A, the whistle's just right, but it's hard. It's amazing. It's really? amazing. Uh, My mom didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm saying if you want to get the voice down, right. he he runs the gamut on it. All it's, right. it's uh, she probably didn't like it because it's fucking weird. But and he talks about masturbation a lot. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. That's funny because that's what his character did in The Wolf of Wall Street. That was his Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary moment. Anyway, I'll read the question from Scott yeah. from Oregon. I've been thinking about this question yes. since comics went up to 195. And because of inflation, people are seeing comic prices rise and coming up with hot takes about what that means. I've seen this story before, but I was curious. Do you remember the first time you really noticed a big increase in the price of a comic? What did you think at the time? Mm. What would you tell the young mm. comics reader who's experienced their first comics price increase? It only goes up from here. Yeah, it's never uh, going back down. I do. We talked about it. I've talked about it on the show before. But yes, I do remember exactly where I was when I first noticed the price of comics going up. And that was in junior, co- junior high school, there was a store called Comics for Sale, which he named because it was easy to find in the phone book. Good call. Um, uh, it was like three blocks from our school, so we, my, me and my friends would go there a lot. We knew the guy pretty, you know, we, he knew us, we knew him because we were there all the time. It was like probably less than 10 blocks from my house, so we were there a lot. Um, and comics were a dollar. And then they went to 125. Interesting. So, the first of all, that's, that's a 25% increase. That's a lot. It's a big increase. Sure. But no longer could you walk into the $5 bill and walk out with five comics. Now you walked out with four. Right. And so that was the first time I really noticed it. Was there no tax then, on comics? I don't think so. Hmm. And then. And I've told this before also, there was a while where the comics were the same price as a token. Right. So you could ride the bus for the price of one comic or the subway. And so I remember once being in that store and not having, wanting to buy a book and not having cash. And I said, can I give you a token? And he went, I guess. I got to go home. Right. So I I was able to pay for a comic because the comic was 125 and a token was 125. So I gave him a New York City token. For a comic, it's nice. See, um, it's interesting. But that was the first time I remember. It's interesting was, for me is that increase. I remember the seventy-five cents to one dollar increase hmm. because seventy-five cents that was doable. Right. That was that was a little that was a candy bar and a half. By the way, I'm still stunned sure. that like a Milky Way is over a dollar. I I find that amazing. A Milky Way should be sixty cents tops, <laughs> but that's where we are. Whatever. Yeah, it was seventy five cents to a dollar. I definitely remember. I remember paying that price, but I, I remember. I think probably when comics were seventy five cents, I was still. Uh, that was, I, I, I definitely remember. I remember the moment we walked in the store and it was it had gone up. So I remember that more clearly than seventy five cents. But I remember that happening. But it was because I would have been like eleven, twelve. That was the first time I read comics, which mm-hmm. was only for a couple of years, and I had a paper route, so like that's how I paid for my comics. And you know, seventy five cents was. I always felt like, oh, this is a deal. Like, this is a bargain. But then, like, the Amazing Spider-Man with Todd McFarlane, you know, those were a dollar, you know. But but there was still a bunch of books that were yeah, 75 cents. Yeah, books were more. You know, and then there was a couple that was, like, Punisher War Journal was a buck fifty. Um, it had the thicker paper and the brighter colors. Uh, and I liked yeah, that because, yeah. but, you know, what are they? I mean, they're, I remember, I, obviously, I remember 3 to $4. 3 to $4 was a, was a big watershed moment, I think. Um and now as they start so to I'm get to five... I'm looking at Fana's website. Ugh. Comicron has a, a 
timeline on comic prices. And so comics, Marvel comics went from 75, they were 75 cents in 1988, 87 and 88, 86 to 88, they were 75 cents. Right, that's what I'm talking about. And they went up to a dollar in 90. 60 before that. 65 cents, 60 cents, 65 cents. They, 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 and then the $1 to 125 jump was 1991, 1992. That's the boom. So that was, yeah, that was my, my, Last year of junior high school, so that would have been it. And then, uh, yeah. Goes up from there. When Oof. we were in Oof. college, when we all became friends and we were getting into comics like that, mm-hmm. how much were they then? Two? So our first year of college was it was uh, 96. That was two hundred fifty a comic. That sounds right. And then we graduated there at 295. Yeah. And then they hung there for a while. 295 lasted, yeah, until uh, 2004. Yeah. And then two ninety nine, and then uh, I, it's it's tough. To you know, uh, first of all, I don't know what young comics reader has. F- you know what? There was no there was no incremental increase between two ninety nine and three ninety nine. They just went up a dollar. Right. There wasn't. It didn't go to like three fifty or three twenty five. It was two ninety nine, three ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's been three ninety nine since two thousand twelve. It's been three ninety nine for tw- for ten years. That's. I mean, relatively speaking, we're so, talking about this. That's pretty good. But I can tell you right here. now that. You know, if we're talking about inflation, I, I, has it made it to the covers yet? I honestly haven't been paying attention to that part, which just makes me an asshole. But um, I know that in printing, it's a problem. Like yeah. every single aspect of printing is going up in price and it's all doing it at separate times. And what I mean by that is, you know, the printer supplies, the paper itself, which is getting harder and harder to source because what's happening is that uh, all of the printers are trying to hoard as much paper as possible while at the same time, certain paper manufacturers are going out of business. And so there's less paper to producers to go around and it's a problem. Um, you know, so they, they'll shore up I'm, six I'm actually, months. I'm actually shocked that comics prices haven't gone up. Yeah. In, in the last well, there year. is definitely a point though where you have to say, are people actually going to pay $6 for 20 pages of content? Like they're... No. Like they, there's only so far I can go. Like some something's gonna have to give somewhere. So is it production? Is it like artists and writers make less? Is it overhead? There's you know like I don't. It doesn't make. I don't understand. I don't, I do not publishers of comics. I do I do not envy the the job that they're gonna have to do because I don't. I really don't think it's all like greed on the part of the publishers. I don't. But they do have to. No, the highest cost of making a comic is the is the people. Yes. It's the cost of the writer but, and the artist, and you want they they should all make a wage, yes. a living wage, and a wage that is commensurate to their talent, which is a lot. Right. But the cost of making all those books and shipping all those books is definitely going to take a. It's like it's got to give somewhere. You you can't. I mean, comics are at some point going to be seven fifty an issue. That's gonna, like that's absolutely going to happen. But I cannot imagine it. I just pay, I just bought three comics on Amazon. They were all seven ninety nine. Uh, while you're talking, so I I just ran, I opened up my favorite website, the Inflation Calculator, and uh, interesting, yep. I ran 125 in 1992, so that's how much that's that was the price increase happened. If the comics were prices were just stuck to or were went up at the same rate as inflation, we should we should be paying 250 for a comic right now. Hmm. So. The same price, one twenty five is worth two fifty now, or at least last year. Well, I mean, the, the other stuff. thing to keep in mind that the, inf- the current uh, the inflation calculator is not going to show is that the audience has gone from one million to a hundred thousand. 
Oh, sure. I'm just saying the price of a comic, if, if stuck to inflation, should be 250 right. instead of $300. Like you're, you're, it, there are other factors at play. In terms of economies of scale, though, you are yeah. supporting you know, 10, 10 times the comic book audience that you used to be. So, you, you know. Oh, for sure. 1992, we're talking about image and, and millions of comics being sold. Yeah. So, yeah. And it used to be like a book would be on the bubble, you know, if it dropped below 30,000 copies or something like that. Whereas, you know, now 30,000 is a hit. So, it's a... It's In fact, 1992 was the year Image yeah. So That was the year people were buying 5 million copies of Wildcats. And, and they all things, had Porsches you know. and there was tons of money to go around. But right. now... Rob Liefeld had a private jet. Image Comics, you know, five to 10,000 copies of an issue. It's pretty successful. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, that that's really the thing. The more that you want to be like, oh, why are they so expensive? It's like, it's a bespoke item at this point. Like, it, it's, it's, there's just not, there's no economy of scale to it because not enough people buy them. Yeah. You know? But yeah, that's, that's, that's the memory I have is when I was, and partially it's because I was, you know, spending my allowance or whatever money I was making doing odd jobs. And so I was really like, you know, it wasn't like I was going into stores an eight-year-old with my dad, and he was buying my the comic, right. you know, buying me a few comics. It was me taking money out of my own wallet that I had gotten and being like, "What? Twenty-five cents increase?" Scrounging for change, like looking everywhere I can, yeah. returning cans and bottles to try to get money. My kids never had; will never have to do that. And I, oh, I, I remember, I remember specifically doing that with the Who's Who's that um, I did that mini on them recent, not recently, but it came out recently on our YouTube page of that. The, the binder who's who. I remember seeing this comic store I went to, Westside Comics on 86th Street, having a, gotten some back issues that I didn't have. And so I'm going home and like literally scrounging for change mm-hmm. in the house to get the money together to go buy an issue. I remember going back three times in one day. Mm-hmm. It was five blocks away from my house. It wasn't a big deal. But like going to the store, buying one, going home, finding some more change, scrounging that together, going back and buying another one, going home, looking in the, clo- the, in the couch cushions and things, finding another... However much is that cost. when you got in trouble? <laughs> no, no, that was not. <laughs> Look, it's free change. It's just around the house. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's all no. changed. This. I mean, the, like you want to talk about why kids don't read comics anymore? Like, there's no because you can't scrounge. You can't scrounge $4. for one thing, but like it's it, so much, so much easier to play Game Pass. I mean, like you had to work to be entertained, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's great. Um, Scott H. from Portland. Thanks for writing in. Contact at ifanboy.com uh, is where you can write in. Also, if you want to write in for a media spell, we're, we're going to do, I think, a mailbag episode in July. So if we, we've got a bunch of good emails, but if you want to get an email in for media spell for our July mailbag, I think we're going to do it early on in the month because July is just a terrible shit show in terms of scheduling. But if you want to get your media spell question in, contact at ifanboy.com is also the place to do it. Um, Let's talk about other shows we have out right now. Superman for All Seasons is our current Booksplode episode. It's out on the feed right behind this show. Josh and I and our special guest, Paul Montgomery, talked about the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale classic. Uh, had a lot of fun. It was a good show. Just It's right behind the show. Check it out. If you haven't read that book, read it first. It's a great book. Um, it'll make you feel all the feelings about Superman. And uh, it, it was a great good, good discussion. As I said earlier, we're going to have a media split this month. We're back over the threshold. It's going to be coming out uh, not next week, but the week after. And uh, we're going to talk about several things, but I think we're going to also talk about Top Gun, at least in some form. We haven't really figured it out yet. 
only two of three of us are going to be able to see it. So we're really going to have that conversation. Not a full-blown one, but we'll have one. Uh, in between those shows, we'll have the Animation Brain Trust t- talking about the new release, uh, DC Showcase Constantine, The House of Mystery. So that's out next week. So you'll look for that. We had Booksplode, Animation Review, Mediasplode. And then the following week, in the last week of the month, we should have a Talksplode. Yeah, there's a little, I've got, I've got a, a person that I'm excited to talk to. Uh, a little tricky. They're on the other side of the world. It isn't Tom Taylor. Sorry, um, I gotta work that out. Um, but we should be we should be good to go with one. And our June hangout. If you are a patron, our monthly patron hangout is going to be next weekend, June eighteenth, or this coming weekend, June eighteenth. Uh, so we'll be doing that. And uh, it's a it's a busy time. The summer's a busy time. It's always hard to schedule stuff, and uh, we're doing our best. So hopefully, all those shows come out when they're supposed Connor, to. Connor, all the times are busy. All of them. I know, but summer's special. You can busy. find our shows over at ifanboy.com as well as uh, a, a archive of the years of comic book writing from all of the folks who are on our staff, some who come back to the show every once in a while, and some who never leave, Ryan. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes <laughs> out. Follow at ifanboy. He keeps changing the locks. He keeps I, finding his I way I checked in. with Ryan like recently. I was like, hey, you know the thing where I pick on you? Like, if that's ever really bothering you, please let me know, because it is a bit. <laughs> Just, but I, you know me. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to make anyone unhappy. But he said it's fun. I said, okay, little brother, get back to it. Uh, you can find out the pick of the week is when the show comes out by following at iFanboy on Twitter and at iFanboyComics on Instagram. Follow us. Go get your shine box. Exactly. <laughs> Mother! I comic. <laughs> I almost watched it last night. I was, I was by myself for a couple hours. I had nothing to do. And I was like, should I watch Goodfellas? You know what the answer to that yeah, is. But I didn't. Uh, at s- I watched uh, The Big Lebowski instead, and I really enjoyed oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, great flick. Uh, I had seen that in like 15 years, and I was like, oh, this is, this is amazing. It's a, very, it's a cult movie that actually deserves it. Uh, C.S. Kilpatrick on I, Instagram. I, sorry, Jay I keep, Flanagan I on Lebowski Instagram. I, I had, in between the last time I saw it, I, I've read all of Raymond Chandler's novels, so it, I think it heightened the enjoyment of it that did, i was like i don't think i realized how much of it, it how before like it was a, for me it was like oh it was a funny stoner thing but now it's like oh this is like them doing la noir but with a stoner character in the middle of it and i was like <laughs> oh man this is terrific i agree with you sorry csco patrick and jay flanning on instagram our youtube page youtube.com slash you guessed it i fanboy don't leave you guessed it in there uh you can keep up to Date on the old video show re-uploads. Uh, full-length shows are all there, so we're just down to the minis. We're getting down to it. If you were wondering what we thought... July, July 14th is the last upload for the wow. minis, so we're, we're, less than, we're like a month away. If you're wondering what we thought of Echo Number 6, which was the pick of the week... First of all, I can't believe that that was that long ago. Um, from Terry Moore, yeah. that's there. Uh, and then uh, Ron is talking about Age of the Century Number 1. And I, I like sort of scrolled over it, and I was like, "Whew, I forgot about this stuff." Um, like, why? Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I don't want to watch it. Know why? But why? They're st- they're still trying to make Century happen. Right until Matt Rosenberg came out, like, what if we cut that fucker in half? And I have that page. <laughs> I have that page on my wall. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> oh, it's my turn. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review or star rating. On Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, it helps our show, helps people find the show. And that's a thing you can do for any podcast you listen to, not just ours. It really is a nice gesture. If you can't support the show in other ways, just helping people find the show is, the, is a good way to give back. And even better than that, it's word of mouth. We got a note last week. In our last week's show, we talked about that book club that was reading Spawn. 
and we told them him on the show, hey, mention to your book club about the show. And he said, oh, I did. And they're, they're kind of annoyed by, by my, my talking about it, but they all listened to the segment and enjoyed it. So if you have a book the club, abusive feel, free book to, club. <laughs> feel free to <laughs> let them know that you enjoy the show. We do appreciate that. Hey, that's it. We're done. Yeah, that's a that's a long show. I, gotta, I have to get. I have a phone call with my lawyers. I have to get to. You son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> so, all right. For more on eugenics, <laughs> come back next, next week. If there's a next time. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a next time. Until then, I'm gone. I'm Josh. Let me, let me check your head bumps out. That's phrenology. It's related. He was checking. He had a caliper. He was checking their head bumps. Oh.